Well, hey, everybody. And thank you, David. Thank you, Thomas family, for leading us in that Advent reflection. We're going to dive into the Christmas story together in just a moment. Before I do, I just want to say thank you on behalf of Shelby, the family, and I for all of the prayers, all the support that you've shown to us over these past 10 days since I came down with COVID. Man, what, what a picture of Christmas love and joy. I'm feeling a ton better, uh, about ready to, according to the whole local health guidelines, I'm about ready to, to, to step out of this house. Um, but unfortunately, we also found out that one of my kids also tested positive. So Shelby and the kids are going to be in quarantine for a bit longer than we had hoped or anticipated. Nonetheless, because of all your messages of support, the meals, the random coffee drop-offs, we've never felt alone in this. And it's been such a picture of Jesus to us. And I just want to sincerely say thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, but during these last 10 days, my family and I, I'm sure like many of you, have had to come to grips with the reality that Christmas is going to be different this year, whether I like it or not. You know, in non-pandemic times, we run all about doing all the holly jolly festivities of Christmas. I have to tell myself to slow down and remember Jesus. But this year, if I'm honest, I've wondered how much it's going to all feel like Christmas at all, right? Every time we've had to cancel, modify, postpone plans these last couple weeks, it hurts. It comes with a sense of loss, and it's hard to imagine that anyone hasn't felt that to some degree. So it leads me to ask, you know, what kind of Christmas can we have this year? If we can't attend all the events that make Christmas special or, or see the people that we truly love, what is left to make this time of year feel extraordinary? How can Christmas be special at all? And as I've been thinking through that, though, I went back to the Christmas story again this week. And I realized that what makes Christmas extraordinary is the way that God came to meet ordinary people in the most ordinary of places and then work through them in extraordinary ways. And it's interesting to me how different seasons can often help me see God's story in different ways. And as we turn to the Christmas story again, I want to see who our God is for ordinary people in the midst of very ordinary places. You know, the extraordinary news of Christmas was that the God of heaven became so ordinary. Will you turn with me? Let's look at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Luke 2, verses 8 to 20. It's going to be on the screen, but I encourage you to open up your own Bible if you can. And read this with me, and then we'll pray. Luke 2, verse 8. And in the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Before we dive in, will you pray after me? Say, God, open my heart. Open my mind. Show me what you want me to see. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray before we dive into this that you will be so real in the lives and the hearts of people this Christmas. Lord, that we would see that you are a God who meets us even in ordinary, everyday places in such real ways. Open our hearts to be, that we might be able to see it. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Now, clearly, the story we just read is not new. Some of you could tell it by heart better than I can. But it is still amazing to me that is, no matter how familiar a story might be, how God can use a different kind of season to bring his word to life for me in different ways. And I bet the same is true for you. And in reading this event of heaven's glory in such an ordinary place, it dawned on me that the extraordinary news of Christmas is that God came for very ordinary people. You know, the Israelites waited for hundreds of years for the Savior God promised through the prophets to come, and now the waiting was finally over. Heaven pulled out all the stops as a multitude of angels perform the song of glory that they had been rehearsing for millennia, waiting for this moment, and now God's here. But the first to hear their song weren't the powerful in the palaces or the pious priests in Jerusalem temple, but it was a band of nobodies in the middle of nowhere at night. Luke sets all this up with heaven's announcement. In the same region, uh, there were shepherds in a field watching their flock by night. In other words, somewhere close by, there were nameless shepherds working the midnight shift. That the angels arrive at an unimportant, remote country field. And while some people might think that the angels just plugged the wrong address into their GPS, no, God showed up to these shepherds on purpose. But why? In order to really grip that, understand that, we have to understand a little something about shepherds in Jesus' day. Because if you were a shepherd in that first century, my guess is you're, you're not one by choice. Some shepherds owned a little land, but never enough to both support their families and pay the Roman tax. So they were forced to hire themselves out, even at night. And those working the night shift were probably doing so because they just needed to survive. See, shepherds represented the powerless and the ordinary 
though society had relegated to the bottom of the social ladder. But the God of heaven blows past the world's hierarchies and standards to reach all people. And when the angels appeared, the shepherds were understandably terrified because if anybody powerful went through the trouble to try to find them, it must be for bad news. But it's actually the opposite. Good news of great joy that was for all the people. That the birth announcement was first for these overlooked, ordinary people. Thus proof that, that all... Good news for all doesn't actually mean most or some, but it truly means all. An old pastor used to say, uh, all means all, and that's all all means. We would think the religious professionals, the holy in crowd of the day, they would think, yeah, well, of course, the, the heaven's announcement is going to come to me. But God's grand news first comes to those who might assume that God had forgotten them. And in this moment, when the angels declared this message, it was proof that God has not forgotten anyone, but he came to save all people. That the God who came for the shepherds still comes today for the hungry, the sick, the prisoners, the minimum wage workers, those overlooked, mistreated because of the color of their skin, those excluded because of physical or mental handicaps. He still comes for the elderly who live alone, for those struggling to overcome trauma of abuse. He still comes for the immigrant, for the refugees, for the kids in foster care. He still comes for you, and he still comes for me. Our culture might give preference to the powerful, the beautiful, the successful, and the famous. But Christ the Lord came for all. And you and I might be one out of eight billion people in the world. <laughs> but do you realize that our God knows your name and he knows your story? You see, Christmas is the celebration that God came to meet us right where we are. If you ask any Israelite in the first century, where would heaven meet earth and announce the birth of the Messiah? They'd tell you, ah, the temple in Jerusalem, of course. But instead, heaven's glorious party surprises ordinary people in a field that smelled like manure and hay. God doesn't wait for them to comb their hair, to put on their best clothes, to, to get to a building. But heaven met them right there in their everyday, ordinary lives. This means that right where you are now, in your home, your car, your office, God sees you and he wants to meet with you. We put so much pressure on ourselves to behave, to, to, to get things right in order to deserve God's attention. But he already knows our fears, our secret thoughts, our guilt, our past sin. He knows the masks that we wear in front of other people. He knows the state of our houses. He knows how crazy our family is. He, and he wants to still meet with us right where we are in a real way. So when most of us are stuck in our ordinary places for Christmas, 
Perhaps this is the year that God opens our eyes to see just how present he is. So we see the heaven's great news of great joy is for all people. That he shows up to ordinary people. But what makes this news so great? And this is the thing that I can never get over. See, that this message isn't just that God came for ordinary people. But the extraordinary news of Christmas is that God also became so ordinary. The angel's message was not just that the Savior came for them, but that he came as one of them. For unto you, poor, ordinary, dirty shepherds, is born this day in the city of David, that is Bethlehem, where King David was born, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And how will you know where to find him? You will find a baby wrapped in strips of coarse cloth and lying in a feeding trough for animals. So the angel's matchless song was that the God of highest glory came to earth in the most approachable way for even the most ordinary of people. For, for those like the shepherds, he came lying in a feeding trough smelling of animal breath. <laughs> for those who were weak and powerless, our creator came as a baby. For those pushed to the fringes of society, he was forced to be born in a stable. For those who are poor, he was born to a peasant family. For the oppressed, he was born into a society ruled by the Romans. And this good news for all people isn't just that God knows you and sees you, but he stepped into the lowest place so that we could know him and have a relationship of peace with him. Thus the angels saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This, this is the moment where, where heaven has made itself known on earth with the goal of peace. See, to try to explain this, it's easy to think of God coming to earth. Like a CEO of your company randomly showing up at your house and wanting to hang out. You and the CEO, best buds. Perhaps that's what Christmas is about, right? God shows up and now we can know him. But actually, to give a better metaphor, imagine the CEO shows up at your house and you know that you've been stealing money from the company. You wouldn't just be surprised to see the CEO, but now you're nervous. <laughs> because you know you've wronged him, and therefore this is not a relationship of peace. But see, the shocking news of Christmas isn't just that God came, but that he came for peace. Isaiah 53, which in order to understand Christmas, we have to go back to the prophets of the Old Testament. And the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, he says that all we like sheep have gone astray. That we've all owed our creator, our allegiance, our love, and our lives. But instead we've turned everyone to his own way. When we've sought to live our own way, 
instead of wanting to live for God and to love him, we've committed treason against our rightful king. But, 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 but when Christ came to earth, he came clearly to show that he wasn't coming for revenge. He wasn't coming to bring the fire of judgment, but that he came vulnerable enough to take the fire of judgment upon himself. And Isaiah 53 verse 5 says that he was pierced. He came to be born that he might be pierced for our transgressions or rebellion. That he was crushed for our iniquities, or another word for iniquity is injustice. That he was, upon him, was the chastisement or the punishment that brought us what? Peace. That heaven's king didn't just come to our ordinary place, but that he came to stand in our place, to take our punishment upon himself to achieve peace between us and God. Only love will do something like that. And when we trust that this is our God and that this great news is for us, then we can see how God uses ordinary people for his extraordinary purposes. And after the shepherds heard the message of joy and peace, they hurried to meet Jesus. Oh man, I want that to be my response to God's word. When God shows me something, I want to be the type who hurries to meet Jesus. And Luke shows us over and over in his gospel that those most aware of their need for God, those who come to God with humility, those are often the first to meet and experience him. And after they experience Jesus for themselves, they can't help but tell everyone about it. Thus, these ordinary, nameless shepherds take on the extraordinary call of being the first evangelists of heaven's king and the world's savior. And as joy and praise spill out of their hearts, they spoke God's hope among their desperate, anxious, war-torn culture. And it says that as they shared, wonder and curiosity grew in the people. In the most ordinary of places, among ordinary people, God had come and now he was using ordinary people to spread his extraordinary news of great joy. That's the first Christmas. And yeah, Christmas is going to be quite different for all of us this year. It won't feel normal. But my prayer for us is that these ordinary moments afford us the space to discover who our God is in new ways. That the absolute wonder of this whole season is that Christ meets us in his grace right in the midst of our messy, lonely, ordinary moments of life. But he meets us in order to bring us peace, to forgive us, to heal our broken hearts, and to make us whole. And then, as we experience the living God for ourselves, he desires to move through us, to bring his peace, his joy, his hope, the news of who he is to those desperate for hope around us. That's Christmas. And that's what we get to experience and celebrate. Now, before we wrap up today, though, there's a story that I want you to hear. 
a story of how God is still alive and doing these kinds of things, working in ordinary people's lives in extraordinary ways. Will you check the story out with me? Well, good morning. If you're new to Trinity, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is Mike Gagnier. Uh, Mike's joining us this morning. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, Mike has been a part of Trinity for probably a little under two years or so. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you've, you've gotten involved in several different ways, but um, one personal connection, the way I've got to know you is you've been part of a small group for a while that Hannah and I host. So um, it's just been super encouraging for us to get to know you. We love you. Our kids especially love you. Talk about you all the time. Send you cards in the mail. <laughs> so we're excited to uh, get a chance to share a little more with everybody else. Um, this morning, Kirk was just sharing a message about these shepherds and how they weren't celebrities or anything. They were just regular people with normal lives, but suddenly Jesus broke into their world and changed everything. And so I want to just ask you a couple questions and just give a picture of how something similar has happened in your own life. So let's just start with this. Uh, what was your life like before Jesus broke into it? However you want to describe that, whatever you want to go into, what was life like for you before you knew Jesus? Uh, um, I mean, my entire life has looked a little bit hectic probably to the, to myself and the outside view, but um, leading up to probably the last year before I, came to know Jesus. Um, I had just gotten released from prison. Um, you know, I had been in and out my, my whole life, really. I came from uh, a family that was, I was exposed to, you know, all the, all the bad stuff, prison, um, drugs, all of that at a young age. And I kind of just took hold of that and went with it. Like that was, my life and I just kind of embraced it but um so I had gotten released from prison um hit the ground running really I had no direction no sense of security no sense of trust my values uh you know the past couple of years are the only times in my life I really had any idea of what value really was and um I was uh yeah addicted to drugs pretty heavily addicted to anything that would make me feel anything different than how I was feeling inside. Um, and life got pretty bad for me. I, I went to, um, I got introduced to a detox and ended up going to the Wenham house and, uh, and met Daryl and them guys and things took a big turn for me from that point. So, so, yeah, let's go into that a little bit with all that backdrop in mind. I think that's going to kind of lead into the next thing I wanted to ask is what was the process like for you getting to know Jesus, getting introduced to who Jesus is, coming to know him for yourself? What was that? What did that look like? Uh, well, I had, like I said, I went to the Wenham house and um, I was just looking for any type of direction in any direction other than the one I was going. And Daryl suggested that I try this course alpha um that he had gone through and Jared had gone through and some other guys that I respected and was looking up to at that moment and uh and I had really no I couldn't come up with an excuse not to try it mm -hmm. so uh you know I did it and and I met Jeff Griffin who has impacted my life in ways that uh I'll never be able to repay him for, but you know, 
um, I went through Alpha and I met those guys. And I, I remember going there and, um, you know, completely open-minded, but also questioning, what am I doing here type of thing. I had never been to like a church really, or even talked about Jesus or anything like that. And um, I remember going there and uh, they were just super welcoming. Everybody was smiling and I was completely lost inside. And uh, it just looked like a good place for me to be. And I, and I ran with that for the, for the first few weeks of it. Um, now, could you see if you were wound, you know, a couple months before that, would you have ever expected, you know, Jesus to break into your life and that to be a path you ended up going on? No, Nothing. I mean, that's like a double-sided question because I think somewhere inside of me, I, you know, we, I, we talk about it all the time. There's like this, uh, I don't know, understanding internally that like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And there's something hmm. like, I, there has to be something more than this. I never really put the word God in that sentence up until recently, but I, am aware now completely that that was the missing word (laughs) it was god was the thing that was missing so in some ways if you or when you maybe slow down to think about enough you you knew there was something serious missing but maybe you just hadn't been able to put your finger on it yeah yeah again this morning i one of the things kirk was talking about was how jesus suddenly enters the picture for these shepherds and you know we don't actually hear in detail what happens to them after this besides you know them getting to meet jesus when he's born but i'm sure you know their lives weren't the same after that um and i'm I'm sure god worked through them in some really interesting ways i'm curious what are some of the key ways that your life looks different now that jesus has entered the picture if you're just gonna i mean maybe there's a bunch but maybe you shared a couple yeah uh i don't know man um everything that's the that's the biggest thing for me. Literally everything is different um, about me. You know, I've been going to that church for a little while now. The person that's there that you guys see all the time, mm-hmm. that's a brand new man. <laughs> it's not, that's not something that it's just as new to me as it is to everything, everybody else. But um, some of the like key, key things Jesus has done for me or like coming into a relationship with Jesus has done for me is, um, you know, that internal peace, it sounds like something that's unobtainable, and it probably really is, but for me, it's like, I don't know, my life is just, I feel better, I feel different, I want to help, I never wanted to help, I only wanted to help myself, mm. I I go out of my way to um, be a part of people's lives, to be a friend, to be a son. I'm proud of the person that I am. Uh, yeah. And I, I know. I've seen that outward kind of like you wanting to be there for other people, help other people, impact other people in a positive way. I mean, like you said, I'm seeing a totally different you, but like, that's, you know, one of the things that I would say is a hallmark of the you that I've gotten to know. Um, if you could give us a couple, maybe specifics there, what are some ways? And, and again, sometimes this is hard to talk about for yourself because I don't want to say, ooh, brag for us or something like that. But but it would be cool to hear 
what are some of the ways you think you've seen God work through you, whether that's opportunities you've had to serve and support other people, bring people hope, share about him, whatever that looks like? Uh, I have been extremely blessed to be um, just right in the middle of so many different um, examples of that. It's so hard to pick one, but uh, working in my life, obviously my, you know, I, I live with a lot of guys who are in the same circumstance as me and God has put me in a position um, and given me through my experiences in life, this like different kind of wisdom um, in how to, because the guys that I'm used to being around, they're the same as me. They've never met God. They don't even know what God, you know, any of that stuff is. And I've been, um, because of the people that I've, that brought me through it um, and the love that they showed me and the understanding and open arms, um, it's given me, I don't know if it's the courage or the, the wisdom, whatever word you want to put on it, but just like that. Hey, like I got you. I've been through this. If I could, I trusted so much. If I could give it all to you, everything that I've gotten, I would, because I know that I'll get it back. That's I, and for me, that's, it's one thing to say it and it's a whole different, it's a whole nother thing to feel it internally, that trust. And I've never, I've never felt that way about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty incredible that we can sit here and, um, you know, if we backed up a couple of years ago, we, you know, we would have never saw this coming or known what was going to happen, but then Jesus kind of comes into your life. And, and again, there's so many examples you just said, and, and we could probably name several names, but I know of just a lot of different people you've impacted, you've lifted up, you've built up, you've brought hope to and encouraged. And so it's just really cool the way, um, God just comes into our lives and, and starts to just work extraordinary things through them. To, to impact even farther than that. So I'm going to uh, wrap it up here and send us back to the Pattersons, but just thank you so much, Mike, for sharing with us today. Uh, you've been an encouragement, big encouragement to my family and to this church as well. So thanks for sharing with us today.